I'm Luke Story. For the past 22 years, I've been relentlessly committed to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of spirituality, health, psychology, and personal development. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. You know when people use the term, I got a gut feeling, or you've got to listen to your gut, go with your gut, you know there's really something behind that? Your gut is now known as your second brain. And what makes your second brain intelligent is the symbiotic relationship between the various bacteria in there. What happens to many of us, yours truly included, is that we get an imbalance, a dysbiosis in there where you have too much of the bad guys, not enough of the good guys, etc. So we're constantly working on creating a balance in our gut so that we can have a strong immune system, so that our digestion's on point, and so that we can remain connected to our gut and be in a good mood. Your neurotransmitters are created in your gut, or a lot of them at least. And so if your gut's jacked up, you're going to have a bad life, my friend. Enter our sponsor, Just Thrive Probiotics. You can find them at thriveprobiotic.com forward slash Luke. If you use the code Luke15, you're going to save 15% off. So if you want to say peace out to bloating, gas, leaky gut, digestive problems, you got to get on a good probiotic that will actually survive the digestive process. The spore-based probiotic by our friends at Just Thrive actually works because it does that. It lives inside you and hatches and makes a friendly gut environment. So go to thriveprobiotic.com forward slash Luke and use the code Luke15 to save 15%. All right, folks, I'm about to bust out one of my secrets here. You ready for this? People often wonder how I'm able to record sometimes three or four podcasts in one day and stream them all on social media and do all of the crazy things I do. If you follow me on Instagram, uh, my life is quite busy and somehow I managed to keep it together. Well, my secret weapon, or at least one of them, is the Four Sigmatic Lion's Mane Coffee. Now, I don't always have time to brew up some whole beans, put them in the French press, put the butter in there, do the whole thing, make myself that fatty kind of elixir. But what I do always have time for is to bust out one of the little lion's mane coffee packets from Four Sigmatic, throw that in some hot water, even sometimes when I'm like in a rush and just need to make things happen, some cold water, shake it up, stir it up, blend it up, and I'm good to go. Now, what's cool about the lion's mane coffee is that it's an instant coffee, but it doesn't have any of the toxins of like your grandma's like Folgers instant coffee. By the way, don't ever eat that stuff. Super, super toxic. <laughs> instant coffees are generally really bad for you, but not this one. What's really cool about the Four Sigmatic instant coffee is that you've get, you get like a, a balanced stimulation. So it's coffee without the jitters. The lion's mane sort of calms down the hit of caffeine. So that's why I really like this product. Um, this has been used for a long time by Buddhist monks to help with focus during meditation. And this is just a beautiful mushroom and a modern day favorite for someone like me who likes to get creative, but also stay focused. And all of Four Sigmatic's mushrooms are dual extracted, meaning that you get the water-soluble and fat-soluble nutrients. And in non-geeky terms, that just means that they're really badass and that they do it right. So if you want to check it out, which I highly recommend you do, here's what's up. You go to foursigmatic.com forward slash Luke story. Again, that's foursigmatic.com forward slash Luke story. If you throw some of that Lion's Mane coffee in your shopping cart and then enter the code Luke story, you're also going to save 15% off. That's foursigmatic.com forward slash Luke story. Your discount code is also Luke story. Enjoy. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. No, seriously, on this day, October 29th, 1970, I was born in Denver, Colorado at 7.30 a.m. Apparently, this means I'm a Scorpio with a Scorpio rising and a moon in Libra for those interested in such things. To me, it just means it's another day to celebrate another trip around the sun, this one being my 49th. Oh, my Lord. Wow. What a long, strange trip it's been. As I creep up on my 50th next year, I got to say my heart is just so full of gratitude for finding my true passion and mission in life, which is to discover truth and to share it with as many people as want to listen. And apparently you want to listen because here you are here in my ass right now. 
Today's show is a very special episode recorded live on stage at the Health Optimization Summit in London, where I was fortunate enough to be a speaker, the event podcaster, and MC. When I got booked for this event, I looked at the speaker roster, and there were some great speakers there, Dave Asprey, Shaman Dirk, all kinds of amazing people. And it occurred to me that for the most part, the speakers were really geeking out on physical health. Not all of them, but most of them, because when you think about a health summit, it's like fitness and health, biohacking, et cetera, which is, of course, super important. So I had to think about what my unique gift could be for this audience, and I was immediately brought back to my first spiritual experience and all of the powerful tools that I've discovered over the years uh, as my awakening has continued to unfold. So this talk is a neatly packaged summary of everything I've learned in the past 23 years of personal development and spirituality. The topics discussed in this live talk are an exploration of metaphysics, the branch of philosophy that deals with first principles, how we can apply spiritual principles, aka universal truths, to transform our lives, the need for self-inquiry and self-honesty, the one thing that will almost certainly make you happier, the different words for God and what they really mean, the anatomy of my own spiritual awakening, the price of humility, is it desire or desperation, maybe your choice, Making your life a prayer through conscious awareness, how to make meditation your medication, learning versus unlearning, and finally, a summary of tools for becoming free. Really excited to share this talk with you, and I'd love for you to come join me again Sunday for a bonus show as I'm interviewed on the Find Your Happy podcast with Lori Harder. And then Tuesday, we'll be back with a full-blown epic interview with third-time guest John Gray who is the best-selling relationship author of all time worldwide. It's crazy. He knows a thing or two about relationships. But in this interview, it's called Higher Powered, the Autobiography of a Sex and Love Yogi. I spent about two and a half hours getting John's whole life story, and it is a fascinating, mind-blowing story. So I'm really excited to share that with you. And then finally, before we jump into this episode, I'd love for you to join me at a tune, which is November 8th, 9th, and 10th outside of Atlanta, Georgia, I'll be the official podcaster of the event. I'll be running around recording all kinds of crazy content. You'll see me with my audio, video gear. Come say hi. Can't wait to meet you. Uh, there's some great speakers at the event. Gabby Bernstein, Shaman Durek, Sahara Rose, Light Watkins, Joe Dispenza. What? Yeah, it's going to be epic. So you can get your ticket at lukestory.com forward slash events. If you use the code Luke5, you can save 5% off. Pretty cool stuff. I'll also be appearing the following weekend at one of my favorite events in the world, Mercado Sagrado, October 16th and 17th. You can also find that at lukestory.com forward slash events. So sit back, enjoy the show. And from the bottom of my heart, I thank you for spending this birthday with me. First, let's talk about metaphysics, the branch of philosophy that deals with the first principles of things, that which is beyond physics. So a lot of what we're dealing with out here, hey man, out in the tech hall has to do with the physical realm. And as I just said, I love the physical realm, but today we're going to be going a bit beyond that. The true definition of spiritual, or at least one of them, relating to or affecting the human spirit or soul as opposed to material or physical things. A principle, a comprehensive and fundamental law, doctrine, or assumption, or my favorite, a universal truth. And then finally, none of those would do us any good if we didn't apply it. And that's the law of application, the action of putting something into operation. So everything that we've learned today from all these amazing speakers means nothing if it's just head knowledge. We need to really get it down into our heart and have it be a felt shared experience so that we can then walk out of here and apply it, right? I mean, I, in the five minutes of listening to Dr. Ted, I learned enough information for a lifetime, right? As I'm sure many of you did. But if I leave here and I don't apply it, it doesn't work. And that's definitely true in the nature of pursuing metaphysics and spirituality, which I've learned the hard way. The first thing we're going to do is explore the principle of energy. And we're going to get a little freaky here for a moment. Those of you that did breath work out in the hall, I saw some people out there getting down. So I was like, oh, they're not going to freak out too much. I'd like to really move the energy in the room right now. So we're going to do a little bit of kundalini yoga practice. Has anyone ever done that before? All right. Well, you guys are freaks. Love it. No one was wearing a turban, so I wasn't sure. I wear all black when I do kundalini. I'm kind of the literal black sheep in class. So what we're going to do is something called breath of fire. I want you to make fists. I want you to extend your thumbs. 
I want you to put your arms up in a V, straighten those elbows, and then we're going to breathe in and out vigorously through the nose. The power you're going to find for that vigor is coming from the belly, from the abdomen. It looks a little something like this. And keep your body still and keep your arms straight. Keep pumping. Now what you're going to do is you're going to close your eyes. Forget all about me. Forget all about the person next to you and their BO, possibly. And put your attention in the middle of your forehead, right between your eyebrows. And really just focus that energy there and imagine energy coming from the base of your spine up to the center of your forehead. There's nothing here except energy. So all we're doing is just concentrating some of it for a moment. I'm going to count down from five. Keep going. And when I count down from five, you're going to straighten your arms and put them over your head, connecting the tips of your thumbs and extending your fingers in five, four, three, two, one. And give us a big inhale all the way to the depth of your lung capacity. Hold, tense your body as if you're a statue made of stone. Keep your hands up and powerfully exhale. Hands up for another deep inhale. Hold that. Tense your entire body. And another powerful exhale. And release. And now just shake your arms out for a moment. If you do these types of things that we just did for about 90 minutes every morning, (laughs) your life will change. Let me just put it that way. On to the next principle of gratitude and blessing. What I'd like you to do now, now that we've stirred up the energy. Does anyone feel energized? You guys awake? You with me? All right. Excellent. So now we're just going to get back into our body in a deeper way and into our heart space. So I'd like you to put your left hand on your heart and I'd like you to put your right hand over it. And I'll invite you to close your eyes for a moment. And in this moment, I'd like you to reflect on someone that you deeply love or a moment in your life in which you felt completely safe and taken care of. And I want you to show appreciation for that moment in time that's now passed, or even for this moment, or for that person that you shared that moment with, and really feel the gratitude. Gratitude's more than a word. It's a feeling. It's a sensation. It's a state of being. And now I want you to know that what you're doing, because consciousness is all one, There's no separation at the level of consciousness. You're blessing yourself and you're blessing the own, the unconditional and boundless love within you. And that's what we're really giving thanks for when we thank other. And that's the instantaneous law of good karma. Take a deep breath in. Exhale and release. God, doesn't that feel good? feels good just to be in the energy field of you guys doing it. I love when Dr. Ted started. He had his own little trip of that, you know, his own version. I was like, right on. That's a great way to start a talk because it brings everyone down into a really great space. So next principle is self-inquiry and self-honesty. And I'm going to start this one just by saying there's a reason that we all came to this conference, right? Some of us are working here. Some of us volunteering. And by the way, thank you to the volunteers. Couldn't happen without you, right? And so, or we bought a ticket or we won a ticket. If you listen to the Lifestyles podcast, some of you won. Thank you for um, entering. It's good to see you. But we're all here because we want to be healthier, right? And that's a great motive. But let's look at the deeper motive. And this is the practice of self-inquiry and self-honesty with anything. Why are we doing anything? So if we're here in this conference to be healthier, That might be the immediate goal, but what's the end goal? What's the real why beyond that? You know, so say I'm super ripped and I'm healthy and my mitochondria are on fire and everything's working as it should be. My sleep is rock and roll and it's all good. What's the goal of that, right? The goal for most of us is a sense of fulfillment, a sense of joy, purpose, happiness. It's really to end suffering at the end of that. And so When we look at the inner health, our spiritual health, psychological health, or as Mark Atkinson uh, talks about it, psychological fitness, which I love. It's a very approachable way to look at that. 
that's what we're really going for. And that's why we're here. And so all of the red lights and all of the bells and whistles and herbs and supplements are awesome. But if you really look at what your inner goal is, uh, I think you might find that it's ultimately to find fulfillment and a deeper purpose and meaning in your life. And so checking your motives is a powerful way to approach that. And that brings us to the next one, which is health is an inside job, as within, so without. It's been my experience and my view that spiritual health comes first, then the mind and body will follow. Meaning, once we begin to care about ourselves and have some capacity for self-love and self-care, that spills out to others. And then we want to have the energy in life to go about our mission. We want to be able to serve. We want to be able to help others. We want to find you know, the real juice in life, which is being connected. And it's very difficult to do that if you don't have the physical energy. But myself, <laughs> primarily, was not interested in living a physically healthy life until I had some grounding or at least some hope that there was a spiritual connection to be had. And once I began to find a spiritual connection, I started to care about myself more. And maybe I could you know, pass on some of those foods that weren't so good for me or start to really care about sleep. So it's as within, so without. And the evidence is in. Again, for those of you science geeks in here, you know, why do we want to care about consciousness? Why is our mental and emotional state and spiritual state important? Well, I did just a quick web search because I thought of this slide and I said, well, I better back it up. If it's, you know, I think the evidence is probably in. You can do a quick web search. Don't use Google, though, because they're highly evil. Uh, now that they're going to like be listening to me on my phone and cut off my podcast or something. But the evidence is truly in. There's tons of studies studying people of faith in all times and places from all over the world. And people that believe in something, that have a higher purpose and a sense of a higher power are just happier and healthier. It's a very basic equation. I'm going to be using some words today to describe an experience and to describe and offer you a way of life that I found to be extremely fulfilling. But remember that words lead the way. Words aren't the way. So much like when you go hiking, you're looking at the sign, seeing that the peak is there up three miles, but it's really about getting to the peak. It's not about the sign. And I love what the Buddhists say, the finger pointing at the moon is not the moon. And many of us get caught up in the how rather than the why. And so the words are just signposts that I'm going to use today that really point to something much more powerful. There's a lot of words for God. And I know, you know, when I originally sent Tim and the team my presentation, uh, it had a different title and it included the word God because I was like, you know what? Everyone's already got the biohacking cover. We've got light, we've got cryo, we've got autophagy and all these other words that I can barely pronounce. And I'm more of a generalist when it comes to health. So I thought, what do I have to offer? And I thought, well, to me, the answer really isn't finding a God of your own understanding, whatever that means. And I sent the Prezo and he's like, oh, it looks great. And then a couple of days later, he's like, can you change the title? No one's going to come to your talk because <laughs> so many people have a negative connotation with that word. So I thought, well, what's another way to say it? And there are, of course, a number of different words that people use. But an acronym that I find really useful is good orderly direction. And we're talking about basic fundamental spiritual laws and principles. I think that's what they really bring to our life. They bring order and they bring a direction. They bring integrity to the whole person. And so if you're one of the people in the room that gets terribly triggered by the word God, let's throw it out. We can throw out the word spirituality. We can throw out all the words and we can just talk about the source of energy and the source of creation that exists within the known universe. And I think even the most committed skeptic could admit that perhaps, <laughs> that perhaps there is a God, no, because your slide works, that we all believe in something, even if it's nothing. So the principle of belief that we all have a set of guidelines that we go by. We all have a framework of life. We have to have that in order to survive, right? If we want to thrive, I think it's important that we identify what we do in fact believe. You know, what, what is my paradigm of understanding in terms of who created me, uh, who created you, who created all of the earth as we know it, and what are we doing here? And that brings me into the anatomy of my awakening, which was one of, um, shall we say, forced humility. Uh, and I did a little math here <laughs> and also included some really interesting photos just for levity. But you can see in most of these photos, I'm kind of smiling, but these were not happy times for the most part. Uh, my childhood included a lot of neglect, abuse, abandonment, which we could just summarize as lots of trauma, which many of us have experienced. 
And that led to my solution, which was a great solution for a number of years, and that was uh, the depths of addiction, about the worst that you could imagine. Uh, if you've watched reality shows about it, I was one of those kids. That led eventually to um, the detriments of my coping mechanism outweighing the benefits. And so I was really left in a corner, and that ended up in suicidal despair. And I had a surrender moment or a surrender experience because I gave a foxhole prayer. That's when a soldier is cornered, the enemy's around him, they're firing him, he's in the foxhole, he's an atheist like I was, and has no other choice but to say, God, would you help me? And that's the moment that I had on February 15th, 1997. And it's a moment that changed my life forever because I didn't believe in God. I have no spirituality. I mean, I grew up listening to Black Sabbath. You know what I'm saying? Like I was not running around with mala beads and robes. I was like really into the dark side of things. And so in that moment, I was set free forever. And it's been 22 years since that moment happened that I've been unpacking and really discovering what exactly that was. It was so miraculous to me that... I didn't change anything in my life except the degree of humility that I was able to access because of the amount of pain that I was in, which brings us to the price of humility. And humility is really, to me, the touchstone of all growth and understanding. And anyone that's in this room that is seeking to learn more about their health and their well-being and their life has some measure of humility. It means teachability to me. It's like acknowledging your weaknesses and your strengths and being conscious of them and accepting yourself for who you are. So acknowledging the things that you've been able to overcome and also keeping an awareness on the things that are yet to overcome. And that happens in one of two ways in my experience. Mine was, of course, out of desperation because I had to become teachable my ego had to be eroded to the point where I could have enough humility to work toward belief. Some people are lucky enough to arrive at teachability and humility just out of some strange curiosity that I've never quite understood. But I've met people like that on very rare occasion that start to become interested in consciousness and really developing themselves. And I ask them, why was there some disease, some calamity in your life that led you to look for a deeper meaning? And every once in a while, someone says, no. I just like to be spiritual. <laughs> and I find those people very strange. And if you're one in the room, like, wow, you really, you must have had a rough time in your last lifetime in order to get here and want to find humility and peace in this one. We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. You know what sucks? What sucks is when you're so cutting edge that you learn about really powerful health hacks before the rest of the world. And one thing that I learned a few years ago was how detrimental artificial blue light is to your life when you're exposed to it after dark. And so when I first found this out, I was pissed at the world and wanted everyone to install red and amber light bulbs everywhere. And uh, I quickly learned that this was not going to happen anytime soon. So I started wearing blue blocking glasses. And at the time, they were really, really lame and ugly. So I'm very stoked to uh, present to you my friends over at Raw Optics who make some really cool and really effective blue blocking glasses. If you're exposing your eyes after dark to unnatural light, it confuses the hell out of your brain. Your brain does not know what to do with that because we've not evolved to see the color of the sun after the sun goes down. Very basic stuff, but there's some deep science and research behind it. The most important thing about it is that when your eyes see white or blue light at night, it shuts down melatonin production and makes you actually produce cortisol and adrenaline that keep you up. You ever notice when you're laying in bed, like geeking out on your phone and then you can't sleep? That's why, dog. So let's stop it. All you have to do is go to rawoptics.com and get yourself some super fly blue blocking glasses. That's rawoptics.com spelled R-A. Rawoptics.com. And if you enter the code lifestylist over there, you're going to save a cool 10% off. The code is lifestylist, the discount's 10%, and the site is rawoptics.com. And now back to the interview. Once we've gotten to the place where we're somewhat malleable and teachable, the next thing that's really important is open-mindedness, having a mind like water. And open-mindedness, many people think about as the ability to take in new information. So we sit in the audience here and we think about, wow, this is a great new idea. I'm going to try this. This is amazing. I've never heard of this. And we think we're open-minded because perhaps we're 
liberally minded, right? We're able to take on ideas that might be strange to us and foreign to us and give them some careful consideration and then perhaps even adopt them. And if nothing else, just respect them, right? As being true for the person who's sharing it with you. But the true definition of open-mindedness to me is easy come, easy go. That's where I'm always willing to discard my old ideas and my old beliefs for new ones as they present themselves. And of course, that does require a modicum of humility and all these principles stack together to really build integrity. As we start to apply these spiritual laws, we find maybe a practice that I did last year that I thought was amazing doesn't serve me anymore. Or I might even discover that it was based in falsehood, but at the time it sounded great. Has anyone ever fallen for a fake guru? I know I have. I went all the way to India and was like, whoa, what? You want how much money? So it required open-mindedness to let go of the attachment to that particular teaching or way of life or whatever the case may be. So it's really important, not just during this talk in the framework of metaphysics, but also walking out in the tech hall, there's going to be many things that you discover that might seem foreign to you. And you're like, whoa, this is a little weird. This is a little woo-woo or too scientific, or there's too many bells and whistles or too high of a price tag. Being open to those new things is great. But in order to do that, sometimes you have to clear the way and make room by letting go of old ideas and false beliefs. This brings us to contemplation. And this is where we've become teachable We've got a little, a little, you know, um, crumb of humility at least, right? And we've reached a point through curiosity or sometimes despair where we want to change, and we start to contemplate, as we did in the beginning. Why are we here? Like just to be healthy? What to get abs? What's that going to do for you? Well, that's going to lead me hopefully to being happy. So I think until I get abs and find I'm still depressed and I still hate my stepmom from when I was ten or whatever the case may be. What I like to look at when I'm trying to find something behind creation, when I'm looking for that energy, I'm trying to avoid using the G word, as you can see, I'm skirting around it. Sometimes I use it just because it's short and easy to recall. But I like to ask myself sometimes, who's breathing me, right? It's like, as we all sit here, something's breathing you. You're not breathing yourself. And an easy way to test this is just try to stop breathing and commit suicide right now. I mean, I'm joking, obviously. Don't do that. But you can't end your own life. In other words, the energy source that emanates through us and animates our physical body is unstoppable, unless, of course, you use your intellect to jump off a bridge or something, God forbid. But the point is, we're not actively choosing to breathe and put oxygen in our body. It's being pushed into us. In much the same way, there's something beating our heart. And sometimes when I go to sleep, I just like to remind myself of that as an act of deep surrender as my mind and ego try to worry about all my problems and figure out how to get what I want or not lose what I've got and all the schemes and plans of the personality that tries to run the show and does a horrible job of it most of the time, that each and every night as I close my eyes, there's something going, thump, 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 thump. What is that? And the curiosity for what is that is what really drives my entire life. Because whatever that is, I know that it's immensely powerful and I know that on some level it cares about me enough to keep that happening so that I continue to have this material physical experience that for the moment we're calling Luke's story. So contemplation, whether it be those two fundamental ideas or just putting yourself into nature and watching the majesty of evolution and creation going on all at the same time, which to me, they're the same thing, by the way, in terms of theology, it's just you're watching one happen to the other. But contemplation of meaningful ideas and concepts is another form of prayer that I find really useful because it's one that doesn't involve any belief system. It's just asking yourself some fundamental questions. And when you arrive at questions that you can't answer, you know you've hit the gold. That brings us to devotion. Does anyone in the room pray in the formal sense? Don't be embarrassed if you do. And don't be embarrassed if you don't like two people. Okay, good. <laughs> the rest of you are like, I don't call it that, but yeah, I do it. What I'd like to say is that in my version of devotion, which is not to a deity or any religion or anything like that, although I think that's wonderful if that works for people. Um, as I said, the studies show that, in fact, religious people are much happier than non-religious people. It just doesn't happen to be my particular path. I'm sort of, a, you know, I take a little bit from all teachings that I find that I find useful and valid. But in devotion, I'm talking about a different type of prayer. So I say, don't say your prayers, be a prayer. In other words, make your life a prayer 
through conscious awareness. And this is, of course, made possible by gaining an understanding of what your fundamental purpose here is. So as I go set up my little social media things in the back of the room and the battery's dying and it's not working the way I think I want it to work and I come up here and do what I'm doing, I know exactly why I'm standing up here. And so my standing up here now is my physical body saying words, showing words, hopefully connecting to someone's intellect, but beyond that, connecting to someone's heart. But really what's happening is I'm living in my purpose. And so standing up here and delivering the message that I'm delivering, which has been so meaningful to me in my life, this is my prayer. This is how I pray. It's being aware that there's an energy field, that there's a consciousness here, other than just what we can see, feel, touch, smell, hear, right? It's knowing that that animation that's beating each and every one of your hearts is present, that I'm part of it, I'm connected to it, and I'm living a prayer as I go through my life. So rather than meditating and then walking out the room and acting like an a-hole all day in the rest of the world, to me, the goal is how do I capture that awareness that I might find in something like meditation or some of the other tools that I'm going to recommend, but how do I carry that into my day-to-day life, into my waking state? So when I'm in front of someone, I can have absolute clarity and presence. When I look someone in the eyes, that is my prayer. It's a prayer of beingness, not a prayer of speakingness. Although I think all forms of prayer are very useful. As I told you, my first one was very formal. I mean, I had to, when I did it, I had to think about, I mean, I know when the first time I prayed was. That's how little experience I had with it. At 26 years old, I was thinking, what do they do in the movies? I think, they, I think you get on your knees like around the bed area, put your hands like this, and ask God for something that you can't do. And I did that, and it worked. That was the tip of the iceberg. Jacks for openers, as they say. Can I get a witness? This is where we start to bring in the observer consciousness. And this is where the idea comes that you don't have a soul, you are a soul. Each and every one of us, as far as I understand, are embodying our physicality. But there's an awareness that many of us call soul or spirit that's experiencing life through the body. So it's not that I have a soul like it's a part of me, like I have an arm. I don't have a soul, I am a soul having a human experience. And I believe that I and all of us here have chosen to come have this human experience because earth school is a great place to learn because we have such variety and contrast and texture, texture to the human experience from the lowest of lows that you can imagine. Think of the worst people in history to the most angelic beings that have ever existed. And we have a spectrum of experience that allows us to work our way up or down the scale of consciousness. And who's doing that? The body, the mind, this personality? No, the soul's doing that through this living experience that drives cars and gets on airplanes and does talks and makes PowerPoints and biohacks and does all the things that we do. So approaching life from who you really are I mean, you want to talk about authentic self, it doesn't get any more authentic than not having a gender, not having an age, not having a race, not even thinking of yourself as a body or as a mind or thoughts or feelings, but building an awareness through various practices where you live at least some of your life and hopefully progressively more and more from that position. And that's what I call living in the deep water, where there's an awareness that all of the drama on top of the water is just drama and that it's going to pass. And this is great for getting parking tickets and just going, oh, whatever, it's okay. It sometimes works for taxes, divorces, surgeries, all kinds of things. But first I must understand that life is not happening to me, it's happening for me. And the only way to do that is to understand that I'm something much more than just a human being, that I have a soul that embodies the physicality that's having this experience. Mind the gap. That's for you natives in the room. Make meditation your medication. So if we want to get to this place of a witness state, a living prayer state, a living meditation prayer, a living meditation state, well, then it's really important that we learn the sound of silence. And there are many different forms of meditation. I've tried just about every one I've ever heard of. They're all good. They all work. I think whatever works for you is phenomenal. The goal here for me is to create a gap, a separation between one's awareness of one's soul, one's spirit that's having this experience, and the constant chatter of the mind. A mind that just talks and talks and talks and talks and talks and talks and talks. 
And also the emotional state, the feeling, the different sensations that come up in our body when we're threatened or triggered, the animal instincts that are always um, operational to some degree or another. If we don't learn how to live a life of observing those things, we become those things and that's what drives us. And that leads to a life of futility and desperation. And no amount of nootropics is going to fix it. Trust me, I've tried. (laughs) It helps, you know, it helps maybe you focus. Okay, I'm not my mind, you know, I'm not the body. So many of us get caught up, I think, myself included, in the physical practices that we start to think like, this is what I am and it's not what I am. I'm the one that's watching what I think I am, if that makes sense. Not to talk in riddles, but meditation is the way that we find that gap. It's the way we find the separation. So there's a me and I'm watching the experience. And so as I sit up here on the stage and talk to you, uh, one part of my conscious awareness is aware that there's something here other than me and other than you, an energy field, let's call it. Gaining spiritual insight is about subtraction, not addition. In other words, if you subtract falsehood, what's left is truth. So this is a process of unlearning, which might sound contradictory since I'm here explaining things to you that hopefully I want you to learn, but it's really going back to that open-mindedness of letting go of beliefs that are false, ideas that are false, assumptions, programming, trauma, things that we've experienced in our life that we've picked up that aren't actual reality. So it's not that I have to study all the world's religions and read every spiritual book because it's not about an intellectual understanding. It's about having a felt experience. And the experience is had by removing what's not truth. Much like we see here in this city, it appears to be very cloudy all the time, does it not? It appears the sun never shows up here, or at least infrequently. But the sun's always there. Why can't we see the sun in this damn city? A lot of I'm a sun god, like I'm I worship the sun like a freaking Egyptian. That's why I live in California. I don't even like it there. I just think I like the sun. The sun's present, it's just that the cloud cover is obscuring our view. And that's the same thing that happens with our ability to access kindness and love and compassion and patience and all those qualities that inherently all of us want to have. So it's not a matter of adding more in a very yang sense of I'm going to go out and get spiritual. I'm going to get this metaphysic things. I'm going to wrestle it to the ground. It's in a letting go and a surrender of what I think I know. And going back to the open mind, the mind like water, easy come, easy go. And through that process, we're able to unlearn some of the falsehoods that we've picked up and reveal the nature of our true being, which is universal truth and love. Your ego is your amigo. It's trying to keep you alive. I had a great talk with Mark Atkinson today for a future podcast, and he has a really outstanding framework for ego. And like myself, uh, pointed out that so many of our traditions and religions vilify the ego as something bad, our, our lower base nature, our instincts to procreate and have shelter and have prestige and a position in the tribe and all these sorts of things that the ego sets about to do. It wants us to have food and shelter and be safe and know who's a threat and who's not a threat. And nature designed us that way. And so there's really no way to get rid of one's ego without leaving your body. So if you guys want to stay in your body, it's a matter of, for a while at least, you know, Dave wants to stay until 180. Is that the number right now, I think? We have to learn to make peace with the ego and accept that it's part of our framework. It's part of our makeup. And it's a God-given part of the human system, right? Without an ego, I probably would have worn a dirty-ass shirt to my talk today. I mean, it probably is anyway, for all I know, chugging down superfoods out there. But the point is, we need an ego in order to operate in the world because it's part of a functional personality. So it's not a matter of getting rid of it or vilifying it. It's a matter of accepting it and making friends with it and bringing it into balance and maturing out of the infantile ego where everything's about blame, victimhood, anger, resentment, hostility, having a closed heart, always in protection mode, fight or flight mode, adrenaline, cortisol mode. That's the little kid ego, the untrained ego that's really in charge, that's making all of the decisions, right? And we see this very often in adults. Sometimes adults in very powerful positions still possess these traits. Denying the ego is a futile, endless battle. I've tried it. You know, when I first started on the journey, I thought, okay, so ego is bad. 
and thinking's bad. So I'm going to stop thinking. Oh, shit, there it goes. <laughs> it's, you know, it's very difficult. Actually, it's impossible, more than difficult. And getting rid of the ego is equally impossible until you become perhaps an enlightened master and you levitate out of your body and just disintegrate into dust or something, as apparently a few sages over uh, time memorial have. So integrating the ego, realizing that it's there for your protection, making friends with it. And this is a practice that I have all the time. It's like, I'll be driving down the road in LA and um, find myself getting pissed off at someone next to me, which is really easy to do if you live in Los Angeles. And I'll have the sensation because of that observer witness awareness that I've been building, that there's something in me that really wants to hurt that person really bad. And my mind goes from zero to I'm going to effing kill you in about three seconds. Thankfully, through a little awareness practice, I'm able to see, oh, okay, I see what happened. I, my mind told me that person cut me off because they hate me or they think they have a nicer car than me or whatever the weird-ass reason that my mind comes up with. And now I'm coming up with ways to go punish them. I mean, I'm psycho, left to my own devices. I know none of you would ever think like that, of course. But because of the awareness... It's like, oh, ah, okay, I see. So I had a little instinct. I got threatened. And then the ego's like, well, protect, protect, protect. And then it alerts the mind to go, okay, here's what you're going to do to protect yourself. Get out of the car. Go up to their window. Let's get this done. The sane higher self that's been building this observation, rather than fighting that, oh, I'm such a bad person. I can't believe I just had that thought. I'm supposed to be spiritual. No. <laughs> it's not what being spiritual is. Being spiritual is going, wow, well, good news, I'm still a human in an animal body. And so I'm able to observe that without living as a victim to it all the time. Breaking the ties that bind you. So some of the things that will really stand in our way, intellectual pride, spiritual pride, addictions of all types, even addiction to thinking. You might not think you're an addict, but I can guarantee many of us in the room are addicted to thinking. The judgmental mind of duality. Compulsive negative thoughts and feelings. Tools for becoming free. I'm going to whiz through these. As I said, I'll send you the slides if you want, and I'll give you some resources here. Plant medicines, and then even clinical psychedelics now that are becoming more widely used and accepted is a really exciting way to get a different perspective. Kundalini yoga, as I mentioned, you guys are experts now at this point. You learn breath of fire. That's the primary move. Different forms of prayer, float tanks, neurofeedback. All of these things are great tools for separating from that experience. And then keeping holy company, uh, reading and visiting mystic saints, sages, people that have wisdom, that have experience, taking wisdom from elders, and then joining spiritual groups, Course in Miracles groups, 12-step groups, group therapy, therapeutic retreats, meditation retreats, personal development workshops, being around other people that have the same goal. You know, the power in numbers, the collective power and consciousness of a group of people that are all struggling with some of the same things and that are finding solutions and unconditionally without any expectations other than being of service to help one another through that. And there's so many amazing um, possibilities to explore in this area now more than ever. I mean, there's like rehabs for people that just are having codependency. You don't even have to be, you know, a junkie anymore to go to rehab. There's rehabs just for people that have personality problems. So I'd really encourage people to explore that. And where this arrives us at is surrender, firing yourself as your life manager, meeting your new boss, universal truth and principles. So it's not that any of us have to go find God per se or become religious. It's just to have a sense of purpose and integrity and wisdom and to have some order in life, we've got to marry ourselves and commit ourselves to sound principles, to universal laws that have been here since the beginning of time, will be here to the end of time and never change. So what's left when you're gone? Living by intuition and discernment, a life of order and balance. When you've began to live a life of surrender and you're not in charge anymore, well, someone has to do the job. So you now have a partner in running your life, and that partner is universal truth and universal laws. How to keep the faith that you find is by living a life of service and contribution. And as I end my talk today, I want to thank you guys in the room, standing and seating, for allowing me to do my small part in service and contribution and sharing ways that I found to alleviate suffering and take the human experience further. So thank you so much for having me.
Well, there we have it. The birthday show is complete. Thank you so much for joining me. Those of you that weren't able to make the live event, thankfully we're able to make the event here in your car, on the train, in your room, wherever you are listening to my voice right now. Thank you so much for joining me. It brings me such pleasure to be able to celebrate another year embodied on earth uh, this time around and also to be able to do what I do. So thank you so much for listening. Make sure you share this episode with a friend if you're so guided. Uh, I'll be back Sunday for a bonus show where I'm interviewed by Lori Harder on her Earn Your Happy podcast. Dropping those here and there now because I'm just, I've been on so many damn podcasts and um, people have asked them to be shared. And so I'm obliging. And then Tuesday, we'll be back with John Gray, Higher Powered, Autobiography of a Sex and Love Yogi. You do not want to miss that one, son. Seriously. I'll be at a tune November 8th, 9th, and 10th outside of Atlanta, Georgia. You can get your ticket at lukestory.com forward slash events. You can also save 5% off with the code Luke5, which you'll find on my event page. I'll also be speaking at Mercado Sagrado in Malibu, California, October 16th and 17th. Let's thank our sponsors, without whom this would literally be impossible because I can't do this shit for free anymore. It's been three years. (laughs) Papa's got to pay his team and I got to eat some grass-fed burgers from Belcampo, which is what I just had for dinner such a pathetic bachelor life I have here honestly I was sitting here like at my mic on my I have like an iMac that's on this little standing desk thing and I use it as like a burger stand Um, and I never stand up at my standing desk which is also sad but true um, it's just much more comfortable to sit on my ass as much as my back hurts sometimes from doing so anyway way too much useless personal information here but I was sitting here eating my burger just going like wow this is what it's come to luke but there we are a charred burnt burger with um some side of cottage cheese with like nothing nothing else on it just salt burger cottage cheese that's that's how we roll when there's no woman around (sighs) is what it is okay um put put a good word out there for me maybe no just kidding don't for now Uh, Let's thank our sponsors. God damn it. I went off the rails here completely. Thrive Probiotics. I just took a Thrive Probiotic uh, right before I ate that said burger. You can find them at thriveprobiotic.com forward slash Luke. You can save 15% off their dope probiotics using the code Luke15. Then we've got Raw Optics. You know what? I should be wearing my Raw Optics blue blockers right now. I'm using like a blue blocking app on my computer, but it's 10 p.m. currently. So I'm like way out of line. I should be only seeing red light right now. So Maddie, if you ever hear this, um, I'm cheating. I I should be wearing your glasses right now. Uh, You can go to rawoptics.com. That's R-A, raw optics. Get it like sun. Uh, and the code there is Lifestylist. You can save 10% off. You got to protect your your melatonin, man. Seriously, I've been listening to a lot of Joe Dispenza. It's all about the pineal gland and the melatonin, son. And I'm not even talking about the anti-cancer part of melatonin or the sleep part. I'm talking about the third eye part. Yes. Block that blue light with rawoptics.com. All right, Four Sigmatic Medicinal Mushrooms. Again, you guys think I think I'm full of shit, but honestly, uh, I had to drive out to the valley to pick up um, a, a supplement from someone that you can't buy on the internet. And I was a little bit tired because I've just been grinding today. And I was like, oh, I need a quick coffee. So I used one of the Four Sigmatic Instant Coffees. And um, yeah, uh, threw a little uh, micro dose of psilocybin in there. I mean, micro, and um, was on my way to meet my friend. And I was so grateful for Four Sigmatic for making these handy little mold free medicinal mushroom infused coffees. So you can find them at foursigmatic.com forward slash the lifestylist. And uh, the code there is 15% off, and it is also the lifestylist. So three sponsors today I'm very grateful for. Uh, Just Thrive, Probiotic, Four Sigmatic, and Raw Optics. And you can always find all this stuff, you guys, at lukestory.com forward slash store. So all of my sponsors, all the stuff that you see me posting on social media, I'm a health freak, dude. I'm just into this stuff. I just finally had to accept it. Um, Some people give me shit for how obsessed I am with it. And it's just, I don't know, it's just where I am in life right now. And so everything that I use, everything that I believe in, I put uh, at lukestory.com forward slash store to make it easy for you to find these great brands. 
And I'm very proud of my curation there because I'm very particular about what I put on the store. Uh, a lot of people approach me, hey, put our products on there and I just won't do it unless I think it's the best or at least not one of the best in class. And um, while you're listening, if you're still with me at the very end of this episode, you're either insane or you're bored or you're a super fan. So I'm going to speak to the super fans. Actually, I'll speak to all three categories. I saw an iTunes um, review of the podcast the other day and they were like, oh, I don't really like Luke's show anymore. He's like always trying to sell us all this stuff. And it's like, this is the new best thing. What happened to the thing, you know, that was the best thing a while ago? Listen, uh, I get it. And it sucks that you have to like sell shit to have a podcast, but it's expensive. And this is kind of my job. So sorry about that. Not sorry. Um, but the reason that sometimes I might say like, oh, this is the best CBD or this is the best this is because at that present moment, it's the best that I found or it's my favorite. And I'm very open-minded and I'm always willing to reconsider. So there's been things that I've sold on my site and even talked about like um, DHA algae oil. I was like super into that. There was all this research. I was totally behind it. And then some research came out later that it's whack and really bad for you. So I stopped talking about it. I stopped taking it. I took it off my site. So I'm always kind of revising things when I find out new information. And that's really what science is all about. Search and research always with an open mind, you know, so we keep looking. So right now, the Thrive Probiotic is the best one I found. <laughs> Four Sigmatic is the best, you know, instant little packets of medicinal mushrooms and coffee I found. Raw Optics are, well, there's a couple great you know, blue blocking glasses. It just depends on what style you like. But in terms of blocking the right spectrum of light and making you not look like a douche, raw optics are awesome. Um, you know, speaking of like back in the day when I started wearing blue blockers, they were like welding goggles. It was horrific, um, very difficult to procreate. Um, so now we can actually kind of, you know, you can go out to the club champagne table with your raw optics get it done you know what i'm saying thank you for joining me on the lifestylist podcast be back at your sunday with a bonus guest spot and then again on tuesday with john gray love you so much thank you for joining me on my birthday this episode of the lifestylist podcast was produced by podcastmasters.net